This is the Kingdom Movement Podcast, a place where we will explore through conversation how discipleship, theology, and community really can transform our world. Siamu back for the Kingdom Movement podcast another week and uh, so the last few weeks we've been talking about our core values uh, worship family and now we are on mission I'm excited about this one uh, but I'll hand it over to you guys just to say hey real quick hey guys so yeah hey <laughs> <laughs> hi hi everyone it's early morning we're still waking yeah. up on the podcast yeah. Um, but yeah so we're talking about mission today and maybe before we begin I just want to give a quick framework just to kind of give you, the listener, um, some direction on where we're wanting to go with this. So we talk about mission normally as a, if you're a Christian or been in church for any time, you think of Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus basically says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of the last statement Jesus makes in the Gospel of Matthew. And then we see from the rest of the book of the Bible or the New Testament, disciples go out and they do what he says. Um, and so that becomes kind of the framework for missions. But we kind of wanted to talk about maybe a more holistic version of missions that is in the Bible, but oftentimes we kind of miss, right? Mm -hmm. So as we were kind of discussing this beforehand, um, typically missions, I think, is seen as someone who is a Christian goes to a place that's not their home or not their community or not their country. They go, they tell people Jesus loves them, they're sinners, they're bad, they need to be forgiven, and then they try and convince them that that's the truth. And if they accept that, then they say, okay, I believe Jesus forgives me. And forgiveness of sins is a huge part of the gospel, but really the the gospel itself what is the gospel we can maybe explore that um and the mission of jesus in the new testament is a lot more holistic yeah. and i think that's kind of what we wanted to explore today is what does it mean for the mission of god to take part in our lives you know when we look at the new testament the early disciples believed that jesus rose from the dead that Jesus really was Lord and King now, right? All authority has been given to me, therefore go. They believed that everything that Jesus had taught them, the way of life, the resurrection, all those things had implications for the reality of, of people's lives now. It wasn't just a, okay, great, Jesus is alive, I guess. What does that mean? Um, it had political implications. Paul was going to all the Roman colonies, which were basically Roman culture centers. So they would build a colony uh, to send out Roman influence, Roman culture, kind of like the U.S. does with good old USA, <laughs> um, to, to spread kind of propaganda, right? And Paul's going to those places where Caesar is called son of God, king of kings, and he's saying, no, there's actually a guy named Jesus. So there's political ramifications to it too. So those are kind of the areas we want to explore um, to talk maybe more in depth of what does missions really mean for us now um, and what did it mean for the early church but yeah I'll hand it over to you guys if you have any initial thoughts 
See, almost yeah, pointing obvious. at Paulum. So something, I don't know if I would say something funny, but something happened. I feel like four weeks ago. Uh, no, four weeks is too much. Yeah, but three weeks ago. So I was in my in church, and we were having this meeting about uh, the. Uh, Discipleship? No, it's about missions, kind of, a little bit about missions. Uh, so we were just, how, how do you approach someone and how do you preach for someone and all those things, you know, and I'm a missionary, you know. Mm. So one of the, one of the guys was like, you're a missionary, go, you know how to do. So we had to do this uh, kind of demonstration, you know, of how to do it. And for me, my goal was every time I, I, I meet someone and I want to talk to him about Jesus, you know, it's because I kind of assume like sometimes people know about God, know about Jesus. So it's just like how to do what they know and then just bring the truth into that, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was my idea going to, to, to that test, you know. Yeah. So I started with the person you know, just asking this couple questions and then the person just shared how he viewed acting. How yeah. viewed. And then with that, you know, I just started bringing Jesus and bringing God to, to that, you know. And for me, the kind of um, shocking, I don't know if it's shocking because that would be the same thing that would happen in Mozambique, in some, in, yeah, with some communities in Mozambique, is that after that, you know, we had this debate, you know, which was, is that the how you should do it or not, you know, because mm -hmm. people have this idea of what you do, just go there and preach to that person and then, yeah, that's it, done, and then, mm. and then that's it, you know, so we had this kind of long debate, you know, and like, no, you just go and tell the person what he's supposed to know, you know, God loves him, and then with that, you just leave, you know, yep. just leave mm. that with them, and then they said, they, they, they mentioned what the Bible says, you know, the, the, the word of God, you know, has the power to transform people and everything, yeah. you know, so oh, it doesn't come back void, you know, empty and everything once you say something, you know. So I just feel like there is all these layers about how mission work has to be done, you know. So I just feel like uh, we, we tend to forget how Jesus Christ did. We, we focus on how Jesus Christ was harsh to all the Pharisees and everything. Mm. First, we don't understand why he was like that, why he was harsh like that, why he mm. would say things like that. But we kind of forget sometimes how he was this loving person, you know. Yeah. Mm. And then he had this loving message, you know, that he was bringing to people, you know, and everything, you know. Yeah. So we forget sometimes that, you know, because now we think just, just go there and say and everything and people will start believing. So I just feel like uh, one good perspective that needs to come back about missions it's that you know is that this is a loving message you know that you're bringing to this community that uh, they're not experiencing that love you know it's a new kingdom you know it's yeah. a new kingdom it's a new thing that you're bringing in a new way of living you know that's why it was it was a big fight even for that time you know because we're just like there's this guy that he claims he's the king you know of the jews and everything but we have the romans you know who are you know our leaders and everything you know so we kind of have to understand that we're bringing a new way of life we're bringing a new yeah. kingdom to that community yeah so yeah and i think that you see that in Paul's letters, right? So mm -hmm. if you're not familiar, the whole New Testament letters are not chronological mm -hmm. as in, you know, they're following the story of the book of Acts, but they're actually showing these local churches who have worshipped pagan gods, who yeah. have lived a certain way, 
like trying to implement this new way of life, right? And they're wrestling, they're struggling. Paul's like wanting to pull his hair out sometimes. Like, <laughs> guys, why can't you get this? You know what I mean? You died to this old way of life, quit going back to it. And I think that's really important to grasp is this isn't just uh, a new way of thinking, a new way of believing, but it's a totally radical shift from the way that people lived their lives, yeah. right? That they weren't going to the low local pagan cults anymore you know they weren't sleeping with the temple prostitutes and in their own communities people saw that as weird yes. you know they were the oddballs we live yeah. in a post-christian world where a lot of those christian values are deeply cemented in us mm -hmm. even if we're not christian yeah. right yeah. Mm -hmm. but in that day it was something so radically different that you would have been a very much the community oddball you know mm -hmm. what i mean um, but siama i want to give you a chance to maybe oh. share some of your thoughts okay um I was gonna add on to what Paolo was saying, but he, when he was speaking about that, when Jesus was doing everything, he was doing it out of love. And I think when people, most of the wise things that Jesus said came from questions that people asked. Yeah. And I think we need to understand that it's, it's good to ask questions mm -hmm. and to allow people to ask questions, not just yeah. bring the gospel and expect them to understand. Mm. I think it's better to take yourself to where the person is so they can understand better. And then um, when I think of missions, I usually think of discipleship because I great. think they go like hand in hand. Yeah. And it's like discipleship is a relationship. And I think it's understanding that when you're bringing the gospel to somebody new, you're not just going there to give them the gospel. You're trying to build a relationship yeah. so that you can model who try and help them model who they want to be in Christ. Mm. And that's how I see missions. No, that, I think that's a wonderful mm -hmm. segue into kind of what some of the thoughts that were stirring in my head with this idea of Jesus never says, go and tell people what to think. Yes. Mm. He says, go and tell them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I think when I quoted Matthew 28, I totally left out a really important part of being baptized in the Father, Son, and Lord. <laughs> I don't know if I said that or not, but that's an essential part. And I think in that super compact phrase that Matthew writes for us, we really see the full outline because Jesus, if he really is raised from the dead and he is God's or the Israel's Messiah and God's son, if he really has all authority, that means he is the ruler of the world. You know, some people shy away from that. They've even, I've heard other Christians say like, that's not true because look at the world we live in, yeah. right? Like if Jesus was really in charge, then, uh, why is the world such a mess? Mm -hmm. um, and we can maybe get into that. But first of all, Jesus says, all authority does belong to me, right? Mm -hmm. Now, therefore, you go, which is so interesting, you know? And we'll talk about this in the biblical story series that we're doing. But God always has intended and always will intend to have his human uh, image bearers a part of what he's doing. Yes. Yeah. He will not work any other yeah. way. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus has authority... There's a part of that that says, therefore, you go, right? Yeah. That as his ambassadors, his messengers, his representatives, he's asking us to partner in what he's going to do. And he yeah. says, I'm going to give you my spirit. That's the partnership, right? We don't go alone. Yeah. Jesus even says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. Mm -hmm. Meaning the task is not done solely by us, mm -hmm. but he's sending us with his empowered yeah. spirit. So that's part of it, right? And then it's this idea of baptism. Baptism is the death to the old way, right? That's what it represented was, I'm repenting, turning away, essentially. That's what yeah. repent, mm -hmm. repentance means. I'm turning away from the old way of doing things. And as I'm being raised out of the water, 
there's a new life that's breaking in, you know, new creation life. The old me, the old things that created death in me are, I'm saying I want to put those things to death, and there's new life. And so now I have to put into practice yeah. the habits, the, the intentionality of the way of Jesus so that that new creation life can take a hold of me, right? And there's a super, super good podcast, we'll put it in this, that I've been listening to called the John Mark Comer Teaching Podcast. And so his whole series he's doing is called um, The Way of Jesus. And so we'll talk about this in our discipleship episode, but basically discipleship is being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing what Jesus did. But in one of the segments he talks about our Oftentimes, we believe God will zap our habits into mm. the habits that are healthy, right? Yeah. But in reality, our habits shape the things that we love. Yeah. So what I mean by that is like what we practice in our everyday life shapes, turns our heart towards the thing that we love. You get what I'm saying? So when Jesus says, teach them to obey, it's not like he's saying, uh, tell them to do all these things, but he's saying, Help them to realize the life that I've shown you, the habits and practices in the way of living God's life that I've shown you, begin to teach people those habits and those yeah. practices because whether they know it or not, those things steer the direction yes. of their yeah. lives, right? We can't, you know, you can't be mad as a student and say, I'm not a good student, but your habits and practices are that you sleep in until 2 p.m., <laughs> yeah. you miss yeah. all your classes and you never do your homework. Mm. Well, you're never going to be a good student, no matter how much you believe you can be, right? Mm. The habits you form shape who you are. And so, in a way, this death to self is the, what I would say, the deciding moment, right? Yeah. I'm going to follow Jesus. But the, the actual practice of our lives takes our effort um, into putting it into practice. Yeah. And part of missions, and what, how this all ties in the missions, is teaching people that yes you know what i mean most people don't think of the the christ-like reality as something they have to practice they usually view it as go to this maybe you know do the check the boxes and i guess i'm good not about becoming a kind of person if that makes sense and there is this this great uh chapter i forgot the book but uh, matt my leader in mozambique he used he liked to, to talk about it is viewing the story of the tower of the Babel mm-hmm. and with the story of the Pentecost you know oh, yeah the story of the tower of the Babel is these people those rebel people who wants to build a name for themselves and God you know just send them out but then once you come to the story of the Pentecost is these people who really wants to build you know share the name of god you know just honor god you know and then the spirit comes it's a spirit that comes and send them out you know so to go and just Mm. build you know with one unified language or at least a language that all can understand exactly you know so it's just uh this it it's an image that helps me see missions you know Mm. like we go out there you know and then we start you know building you know this bring these people into this new way of life mm-hmm. and everything, you know. And sometimes uh, I think you mentioned a little bit about this, just this idea. Sometimes that we have, uh, I feel like I don't want to just come here and I want to bring this in a good way, in the sense that people can start thinking that I don't agree with um, with crusades and all those things, you know. But the thing is, sometimes this way, this way of preaching and just go and tell them and then leave, you know, it just brings this kind of 
hard ideas in the sense of like once I preach to you and everything is done, you know, and then the spirit will come you and then all the fruit of the spirit will be on you, you know, mm. and then when you start leaving them and then it happens at the same time, you know. Mm. But then once you look back at your own life, you know, just start realizing like that's not how things work, you know. It's not like when I say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you and all this good good qualities come to me and then I leave all my bad, my bad yeah. things, you know. Mm. So I just feel like, being there and present and just kind of do this work of discipleship of teaching them yeah. you know and then it helps build the person realize how it's important to build their own character you know and i just yeah it just i think it's another layers that i don't want to bring yeah i think going off the crusades in the sense of within the last hundred previous years that became the main focal point of evangelistic effort, both in the United States, you know, kind of with the Billy Grahams and all those guys, and then Reinhard Bonnke and all those guys in Africa. And Africa became and still is very much a Mm crusade-oriented evangelistic mission. And like you said, I don't, you know, obviously people are doing something. Something's better than nothing, you know what I mean? But I think the aspect that crusades misses is that, and we haven't really talked about this yet, in the value of family. So we talked about family last episode. Part of mission is to create a new kind of family within the cultures that already exist. So, you know, we talked about these people would have been outsiders in the Roman world, very distinct and unique. So in order for them to even survive, they had to have a community Mm -hmm. that was chasing after the same things, right? And that's what we call the family of God, Mm -hmm. uh, what we would say the local church should be. And it's like, for our own purposes, you know, crusades struggle to create family because yeah. there's no father or mother figure that's staying behind, investing and growing mm-hmm. these new children believers to become healthy disciples, right? Mm-hmm. I think some of those people in some of the crusades tried their best to yes. create those kind of systems. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like the only way that healthy, effective uh, disciples or apprentices to Jesus can develop is that there's long-term family mm-hmm. that's yeah. been invested yeah. in. Um, and so maybe let's talk a little bit about kind of our own context. So we kind of talked about the theory of it all or whatever, but how do you guys feel like mission, um, specifically how we've been talking about it, can affect the university or the lives that we currently have, right? Because there's a lot of students listening um, that I guarantee have never thought of themselves as a missionary. Mm. And maybe, Tiamo, you can speak to this. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself as a missionary before Kingdom Movement. Maybe you did, and I think that's great. And maybe you can speak to the student side of things. How many people really thought of themselves as like a missionary to their campus, someone who is living purposely to bring this kind of new community? Um, I think thinking I was a missionary, not quite. I think it was just, okay, what is it that I want to do and stuff like Mm -hmm. that? And I always thought of, I think that was a wrong thinking. I always thought my purpose in life would come one day mm-hmm. and I never understood that I was living through it and I had to live like I was living and walking in my purpose which was to live like Christ did so mm-hmm. I could bring more people to the kingdom and it's the understanding that the way I live and the way I walk every single day is understanding that it affects how other people view me and how mm. other people view God mm. that helped me realize how much what I do and what I say and how I live affects everyone mm. and 
how that is my purpose to be honest like it's not the oh this is what god really wants me to do but it is where i start like the starting point if i can't directly affect all those around me it's very hard for me to do anything bigger than that mm. and i think that's that's what's ah the words are not coming yeah, but yes okay. that's what um i've been learning over the years mm. and it's realizing that walking through campus people see you mm. whether you like it or not and you showing a type of person that is different to what everybody is used to turns heads mm. and people question and that is how you can share the gospel mm. very easily so yeah. it's like the little things i remember my friends always my friends always have me for this but every time somebody helps me anyway i say thank you and i hope you have a great day and i genuinely mean it cuz i say it to their face and into their eyes and all that and everybody's like tell me why did you say that and i'm like because i genuinely care about them yeah. and because i'm here to love on people and because of that people are like why do you carry so much love mm-hmm. and from those questions i can easily share the gospel mm-hmm. yeah. i think that's That's a little yeah. I can share. <laughs> yeah. Um I've been I've I've walked with you at UB uh just walking around and one, I think one of the the days that we 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 walked a lot was they they were doing friend actions and it was Trudy and you and I and I forgot someone else. there was someone else there. The yeah the city so we were just walking there and i could see how many people you were greeting you know people would just come and just say hi to tiamo it's like you're famous and then <laughs> she would say like no chudi is the one who's famous you know and then chudi was like yes i know a lot of people but a lot of people just like to say hi to tiamo mm-hmm. and everything you know just some funny thing that happened that day but um Yeah, that lost me. I had something to say, but the, <laughs> that comment lost me. But I really I really agree with what you said. And for me, one of the big moments that changed um, my view in, in about missions, it was when I joined the Kingdom Movement, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh because I had this idea of like missions, you know, is somewhere is someone leaving where he is, you know, and going somewhere else to preach to, you know, what I'm doing here right now. you know <laughs> so so for me that was the view of mission that i had and got me being here I feel like it's got answering a prayer that i did when i was still a kid you know i I, I was my my grand my grandfather my grandfather was just explaining me what mission is and i was i told him like i want to become a missionary you know and everything and then just got reminded me that when I, when he was telling me to come here you know as him saying that he's faithful to something that I said when I was a kid and all yeah. things, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the view I had of missions. But once I got, I joined the, the movement, you know, I just realized how you are missionary. Even, it's not like you have to go out there mm-hmm. in somewhere in some different country to become a missionary, you yeah. know. And, but it's the place, the place where you are, you know, the place where God is placing you, you know. that's who you you can be a missionary exactly where you are you know if it's a job it's a, if it is a company you know you are a missionary there if it's cool you are a missionary it's cool and everything you know sometimes in kingdom of in in apalava in mozambique we have these people who come and do internship you know for a year they stay there and learn the missions and everything you know and 
half of them most yeah most of the times actually half of them leave you know and go go to the they don't stay they don't commit full-time missions in in a palaver you know they just leave they go out there and then we teach them you know what it's you whatever you're learning here about the, how to become a missionary here you have to do that when you're out there in your company you know you have to do that when you start your own company when you're working for these big companies and everything you know yeah. so for me that's when that's how i started seeing missions has not uh, something that you have to leave your place and go and do just not just like that but wherever wherever god puts you you know where that's where you are you want yeah. to be a missionary you know definitely so i think there's two other questions i kind of want to explore but i think to define it very quickly for the listener uh, i think through our discussion missions really is about taking a life in the mission of Jesus, which is to bring new creation life, right? Resurrection life, the authority of Jesus into your own life, right? Taking that on and really believing that it can transform your heart, your mind, your thoughts, the way you live, the way you interact with other people, right? Part of the, you know, Sayama, when you were saying that was people see a love in people who really genuinely love other people with no like agenda or personal ambition in that love, right? They see that because that's the love of Jesus yeah. and it's unique. It's not something that, you know, just gets flaunted around every day. <laughs> um, so it's taking that and then intentionally working wherever you're at, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, a blah, 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 you know, even if you're just sitting at home and you don't have any work, right? Because that's a huge issue in Botswana. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty of people just sitting at home and I think a huge like issue with unemployment is not just money. Money is a part of it, but it's purposelessness. Mm. People feel like I just exist, but what do I exist for? And if we allow the kingdom of God to really grip our lives and realize like this is actually the thing that's worth working for more than anything else, right? That it's the one thing that can transform our families more than money, more than financial stability, more than, you know, just living in comfort and having entertainment. Because really entertainment's meant to just distract us from the life we don't really want to live. You know what I'm saying? Um, but if the kingdom of God can really get a hold of us, that is a transformative force that anyone, that's the power of the gospel is that it doesn't matter if you're just, a, just in air quotes, a stay-at-home mom or an unemployed person or a doctor or a lawyer. The kingdom of God can grip your life and then the purpose is to carve out that community wherever you're at, right? So... The kingdom of Jesus is not, you know, you draw the lines on the map like the United yeah. States, mm-hmm. but I almost picture it as like little pockets of light in a world that is dark, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And wherever a kingdom of God person is, that's a pocket of light that can expand and grow and should always yeah. be expanding and growing and inviting other people yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. Till at some point, it's promised in the Bible that the whole world, right, yeah. will be filled with the glory of God. Yeah. Um, and we work to partner with God in that. God is the one that fulfills that promise, right? Mm-hmm. But by acting on the Spirit, by just being that person that sees the, the gas attendant and you can tell that they're having a bad day yeah. and you just say, hey, I see something, you know, I can see it on your face. What's going on? Can I pray for you? That's a kingdom moment, yeah. right? That anyone can do. You don't have to be a trained professional or <laughs> highly educated in the Bible. So anyways... That, to me, is kind of the definition of mission that we're working with, right? So the two areas kind of that I want to explore is how does that bleed out into the, let's just say, the the real world? So we talked Mm -hmm. about university campus. Mm -hmm. 
um, and we can explore that a little bit more if you want as a student, but we can talk about the realm of politics, yeah. of business. How do you guys think that is lived out in that area? And then the last question is, we talked about, okay, in your local context, but there are people, maybe people who are listening, two out of three of us, maybe three out of three, <laughs> uh, have had a very distinct call of missions to go somewhere yeah. else as well. So I'd like to talk about that go, but maybe before that we can talk about the practicality of the real world. So maybe let's, um, Paulo, you can speak to this probably uh, uh, very well in the sense of how can the kingdom of God affect politics? Because yeah. politics in Mozambique are, you know, I would say a good summation of politics in Africa <laughs> in general. Um, yeah. So how do you feel like the gospel can actually speak to those things? Yeah, that's so funny you asked me that because I chose never to do politic journalism <laughs> again in my life. Yeah. I chose to do that. So I'm a journalist, you know, and I, I've been working as a journalist for now. It's like six years, you know, mm-hmm. and I chose like if there's an area I don't want to touch is about politics because as a Christian, you know, sometimes I just feel like I developed this sense of just knowing when someone is kind of not being genuine you know mm-hmm. kind of like someone is building a character you know and everything and in Mozambique you can really see that you know mm-hmm. you can really see how like just has you know you see all the things that are happening around that person you know that politician you know and then you just see him come out and say these things you know and then you have to write about those things you know you have mm-hmm. to write about the things that He's saying he's going to do what he's doing, but then you know about this other side. So it's just this really hard thing mm-hmm. to measure, you know, as a journalist, you know. And then you have to sometimes become fake in the sense like you have to ignore what you mm-hmm. see and all the bad things, you know, just write about the per- what the person is saying. And then in journalism, we have this about objectivity and everything, you know, so I'm just teaching about journalism now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but... So the thing with politicians is you see a lot of that, you know, you see how you see these people that sometimes they're human beings, you know, they, you know that these people are human beings, you know, but then they get to the politi- politics, you know, and then they just become these people who are more into what the party mm. is. A personification. Exactly, yeah. you know, what the party wants, you know, and then you just start asking yourself, do these people even have any, you know, personal desire other than mm-hmm. this big party personal desire and everything, you know? So you just see these people repl- re- replicating all these bad ideas, you know? Yeah. So I just feel like uh, into politics, you find a lot of that. You find a lot of people who are faithful uh, to their parties, you know? And I'm just imagining how, what, what, would that, what would happen if those people were faithful to the right thing, which is... Mm-hmm you know, they the Jesus, you know, they are yeah. faithful to Jesus mm. and use that uh, faithfulness into Christianity, yeah. you know, and then other than just uh, spreading out about their politics, you know, and everything they believe, their party believes, you know, but they're doing that, they are part of this party, but the main goal is to love people, is to mm. take care, because I just feel like we give these people this big power, which is you have the power to decide about our future, to decide about our country, you know, to decide who comes in in our country, you know, to decide who opens the company in our country, you know, mm-hmm. to decide uh, the president, what the president is doing and everything, you know. And all these people have this big power, you know, in, in our community. So imagine 
those people with all this power just coming with all this power but have them the idea of love and then the idea of kingdom of God on earth you know so I just feel like that changes the whole perspective you know even for us you start understanding a lot of things that they're doing you know in the sense that they're doing this because they love the country yeah. and they're trying to do the best for the country yeah. so i just feel like um mission in politics is something that is really really needed uh yeah. and i just feel like teaching them in the campus in campus ministry and everywhere as we said you know slowly starting from then and just building up for them when they leave you know they have this character of loving god and they're really close to jesus and want to practice what they're yeah. learning and that's that changing uh what they're doing but i just feel like imagine if everybody all the christians because in my church in Mozambique, it's a really big church. It's a big church. It's a huge church, you know. And you have people who are politicians there, you know. So I'm just thinking, like, imagine all these people with the influence they have, with these people who are out there who are not Christian, but they are leading the country they have, you know. And then they start having this idea, this position, they start positioning themselves as a missionary, you know. I just, just feel like they bring that to yeah. the, the, that realm, you know, that politics, mm -hmm. all those meetings, you know. That's, that's when Christianity can start changing all this mentality and all the, the way the people are yeah. doing things. So I just feel like, I don't know if I ended up answering the question. No, I mean, it, I wanted you to answer it how you felt you were perceiving it and how you want to answer it. Um, yeah, I think as well, like I just, you know, all of us have different perspectives. You have a Mozambican, you have a Botswana, I have a U.S. perspective, and they are very distinct and different political climates, I guess. Um, but I think the at a personal level, right? I think one of the hardest things when it comes to politics is that persona, right? Mm -hmm. That there's this idea that a politician needs to have this kind yeah. of persona, this strong, will never back down, always be willing to kind of outwit and cut your opponent down to make them look smaller than you. And really that's not a kingdom ethic, that's a world ethic. Um, to make your opponent look weak and make yourself look strong. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wonder, as you know, maybe we have the future Botswana's president listening, <laughs> but um, just this idea of servant leadership. Jesus, you know, very distinctly said, This is how it's meant to be among you, yeah. right? Yeah. Not to, you know, the rulers of this world wave around their power, they use it, they throw it around to their advantage, they use it to buy their family mansions and fancy <laughs> cars and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I get that it's a very, very difficult situation where some people are afraid for their lives if they mm -hmm. speak out against the party they belong to or whatever. Um, so I'm not saying that the, the political leaders of our day, they're never going to get it right. They're never going to get it all right. And I think the more important characteristic of leadership is to be able to admit that. Yes. Imagine if we had a pre I just imagine the president of the United States stands up. What if Biden was willing to say at one point, you know what, Donald Trump did do one or two things right. Could you imagine that? Like, you can't even picture that in the current climate the way it is. But to me, that shows a heart of humility, that I don't have all the answers. I need other people to help me. And I think that humility is something that's missing in a lot of politics. And, you know, you guys can speak to that in your respective context. But I think part of the kingdom ethic is to recognize we alone don't have all the answers yes. and I don't need to pretend that so that people vote me in um, and there's the darker side of politics of taking bribes 
so that you personally benefit mm -hmm. for this company to do whatever they want to do. And I think the kingdom, when properly engaged in politics, because really Jesus' kingdom is a more transformative power. I really believe that than mm -hmm. earthly politics because mm -hmm. the systems we set up are always going to be flawed. Mm -hmm. Capitalism is not perfect. Communism is not perfect. Mm -hmm. Parliamentary systems are not perfect. They're just not, right? Yeah. Um, but the realization is when the kingdom invades those systems um, and we actually put kingdom ethics into practice, we don't take bribes. We don't lie under oath. We yeah. really do view people as we are servants to the people, not people's servants to us. Mm -hmm. Like, that's when we can function in a healthy way, you know what I mean? And it takes checks and balances, because none of us, all of us are susceptible to falling to greed or pride or insecurity or whatever. Um, but if we surround ourselves with people, especially people who strive to go into politics, it's those kind of ethics that can help them navigate as a Christian mm -hmm. a really, really tricky area. But yeah, I'll yeah. oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I feel like uh, into, into what you're saying, there's also another perspective that we need to focus in in politics. I'm trying not to, you know, because this topic, you know, is just something that really hurts me about politics and everything. But I just feel like there's one other sense that we, I think we always tend to ignore when you're talking about, about that, you know. In the sense in us too, as, as not us, as people who elect those qualities and expect from them, you know. Because sometimes, we want these people to become gods, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we want these people to become, to have this power, you know. And sometimes I just picture when you were saying, like, being humble, you know, everything. I was just picturing sometimes you have people who says, no, our politicians should never say that. should never come and say, I'm sorry, man, and everything, mm -hmm. you know. We see them as these super power, yeah. powerful people, mm -hmm. you know, and everything, you know. And I just feel like that comes from a wrong perspective that we have, you know, and just wrong idea. We we want uh, we want uh, someone who is powerful enough, you know, some someone who is great, who has the power to lead everything, you know. Mm -hmm. And which we we, we we forget about God, you know. And some people, you know, they just don't want to believe in God and everything, you know. But we tend yeah. because we have that uh, or that need of someone who is powerful enough to lead everything you know yeah. we just start placing them into yeah. the politics and then we worship them and then they become these big yeah. gods Tiyama, i want to give you a chance to speak <laughs> I, it just made me think of the other thing that i wanted to say in the sense of in the secular world so when we remove god from our lives in the sense that God can be someone that really affects change right he's not the clockmaker god who just made us and then let things happen if we really push God out of the equation, politics becomes the answer yes. to everything. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what you're true. saying. Yeah. And so people get so wrapped up in politics. And you see that in the States right now. So many people are pushing their agendas, are fighting, are really hating each other over politics because to them, their political ethic or their political worldview is the solution mm -hmm. or the way to implement yeah. what they believe is the solution. When in reality, the kingdom of God both can work through politics and can oppose politics, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's policies in place that are not, um, uh, what would you say, like where it's diminishing human value, those things need to be torn down, right? That's what justice is really about, mm -hmm. is saying these aren't ethical, these are mistreating people, these are abusing you know, this community for the benefit of one person or to make mm -hmm. money or whatever. And that's where I, modern day idol worship comes into play. Mm -hmm. That when we sacrifice people for business, when we sacrifice people for personal power, when we mm -hmm. sacrifice people 
for our own lust, right? Like, that's where the church really does have a mandate to stand up and say, no, like, this is destroying lives and we want to see change even if it costs us, right? Even if we are persecuted in a way for raising our voice. Um, Because I think at times the church can also go the opposite direction where they just kind of submit to a political party and they just keep their voice quiet. They don't want to stir the pot because that's not what good Jesus people do. But in reality, um, Jesus stirred the pot a lot where he saw injustice, you know what I mean? And I think in a healthy, honoring, loving way, we can do the same thing. But yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, politics, I'm not really a politics person. You can change gears for us. I'm not really big on politics, so it's been, it's, it's interesting listening to everything. With the perspective of Botswana, Botswana is a Christian country, if Mm. you could put it that way. So a lot of the things that happen are Bible-based. This is in quotations, because a lot of people come in and push what they want to have as done in the and country. Put the Bible stamp <laughs> on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I will give a perspective because um, I have a lot of conversations with my dad who's in leadership in the church. And the the country currently, oh my goodness, this is such a touchy topic, mm. but yes, um, a lot of laws are against the church in the country. Mm. And it's covered and made to seem like it's not that way yeah yeah so it's like we still love the church and we still love god Mm -hmm. but we'll make sure that the church is suppressed yeah so it's like that's that's the thing with it it's it's difficult in a in a place where people portray a certain thing but go around and do a different thing because I, as a citizen, have not really read the Constitution, so I don't know much about it. Mm. So I just know that they love God, and I know it's a Christian country, but then you go to the nitty-gritties of everything, and you read that they're changing it to shape it in a way that suppresses the church. And it's like, if we had true Christian, Mm. um, loving, and God-following, God-fearing people in those positions, it would be... The constitution is changing to favor the church to be able to do as yeah. much as it can, yeah. and I think that's that's what I would it would that would be amazing if we had people that actually go into politics and end up changing mm. t- for the good of the yeah. people and for the good mm. of the church. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think you bring up a really important point in the sense of, um, I mean. If there's anyone in the Botswana government, I'm not comparing you to Nazi Germany. <laughs> but Nazi Germany would have said they were a Christian nation, yes. right? And so I think there is a danger yeah. in the sense of claiming to be, you know, putting on the robe of Christianity um, without allowing the king of the church to really rule and reign in our hearts yeah. in our direction. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's a challenge for any country that would call themselves mm-hmm. A Christian nation, whatever that means, you know, I don't know how a political drawn on the map slide, <laughs> but it's the people, right? Mm-hmm. And unless we really are following Jesus, it doesn't really matter what title we give ourselves, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think there's always a danger in that, that we can come become familiar with the Bible, yeah. but not allowed to shape who we are in our yeah. lives, you know what I mean? And I'm reading this book, and I've been reading and reading the book, it's by Nancy Percy, it's the title of the book, it's Absolute Truth. So one thing I really like about she's a philosopher and and Christian I think she's a theologist 
theology. Theologian. Theologian. Thank you. <laughs> Portuguese tricking me. <laughs> uh, so in and she 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 did, she does this amazing job in her book, in the sense of she goes back in time. She starts with the sense of we are in this position of dualism, you know, mm. in the sense that we see ourselves, we see Christianities, you know, into these two versions. We have science, we have religion, and those two things, we always separate them, you know. Mm. When we go to church, we, we, we put our Christian, our, our, our religion in, you know, just like we want to live in, you know. In your spiritual way. tank filled, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And then we go out to our work, you know, we have to be, mm-hmm. we, we put our, on our science and clothes, you know, like here we have to be scientific and then we mm-hmm. don't have to be with religion mm-hmm. and science. These two people, those two things can't come together and religion is something that's private and then science is something that public yeah. and everything. And I just feel like sometimes that, and then she does the job of just going back in time where this all started and how this affects our life and our view yeah. today and everything. And I just feel like that kind of summarizes a little bit of what is happening, you know. No, now. that's great. You know, because we, even with lawmakers, you know, they was like, yes, we love God and everything, you know. But here, you know, yeah. God mm. thing can't work. Here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, We yeah. have to, you know, become yeah. these scientific people and everything. And we forget that, yeah. that everything that God did, you know, was just bringing that in yeah. every part of our life mm. you know so we kind of have this perspective yeah. and we have to destroy that you know mm. and it's, it's not a biblical worldview mm-hmm. mm. yeah. yeah and i think that goes to to kind of maybe wrap this section up because uh, we're going long already um that that's the point we live with a dualistic mindset dualistic meaning there's the spiritual side and the physical side mm-hmm. of my life and the two don't need to meet no. yeah. when in reality the key, that's not a Christian worldview. That's not what Jesus and his followers, mm-hmm. how they saw the world. That's kind of a later Greek philosophy that yeah. came into the church. Because um, in reality, the kingdom of God, the mission of God is meant to transform our families. It's meant to make us better fathers, husbands, wives, mothers. It's meant to make us better uh, co-workers. It's meant to transform every aspect of our lives, right? Yeah. Not one of those things should be untouched by the kingdom of God. It's not like you can say... Yeah, I go to church and I read my Bible and I do great, but then I hit my kids when I get home. You know what I mean? That that that, that wouldn't be coherent to the the Jesus people that yeah. came out of you know that started the movement. So last to wrap it up, I do want to talk a little bit about the go because one vision that we've had with Kingdom Movement since the beginning is that it's a mission or a disciple making movement, um, and I really really hope and believe and pray that from Kingdom Movement it can spark kind of a ascending of people out from Botswana to the nations, mm-hmm. right? That oftentimes missions has been viewed as a Western, mainly probably United States thing. Mm-hmm. But that's, to me, that's just so ludicrous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you read the Bible, it was Middle Eastern Palestinian Jews that got mm-hmm. sent out to the rest of the world. Yeah. So, like, nowhere, the United States did not exist <laughs> at the yeah. time, you know, as we currently know it existed. But... Um, so that idea that, that that mission or that vocation or that calling belongs to Americans mm-hmm. is just crazy to me. You yeah. know what I mean? But I think a lot of, at least the students I've talked to, a lot of Africans I've interacted with, have never visualized for themselves that that could be a possibility for them to be sent. And I get that there's a whole lot of factors behind that, whether it be financial or the systems don't exist like they do in the States to send people. 
But Paulo, that's why one of the reasons why we were so excited to get you here is because you're living proof that it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Through partnership, through, you know, yeah, it took a little bit of help on the American side, but you're here. You know what I mean? Like you went, you're living in another country, you're learning another language, you're ministering to students that um, don't live in the same cultural context yeah. as you. You know what I mean? And I, my heart is to see that become more and more the commonality mm-hmm. rather than it just always having to be on the American side of things. Yeah. Because really think about it, our workforce as the church is diminished when it's only a U.S. vocation. Mm-hmm. Think yeah. of the millions and millions of people that could be mobilized for the kingdom yeah. if only they could see it for themselves. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to hear you guys' perspective on that because obviously we're talking about you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go first? Yeah, go first. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, for me, one of the, speaking uh, like just by experience, you know, one of the big thing, one of the big thing that I had to do is just learn that it's my responsibility, mm. you know, as a Christian, you know, mm. to kind of have wear that hat of like, I am a missionary into this world, you know, I am a missionary wherever I am, you know. I just feel like that's one hat that we don't want to wear, you know, we don't want to put on, you know, in the sense that it, we are all, you know, has these key people who were placed and then can be sent, you know, even though it's our job anywhere, but God will send us somewhere, you know, God will place us in places where we will be used to build up this kingdom, you know, and to, to give the, the God's love and the God's presence and God's idea into the places that we are in, where we, we, we are positioned. So for me, that was the first big thing that I had to do, you know, position myself in that sense. Yeah. And then start praying, you know, like, okay, God, where you want me to go, you know, as a missionary, you want me to go back to a company, to my journalism company, you know, uh, or you want me to go somewhere else and everything. And then God yeah. ended up sending me here in Botswana, you know. So I just feel like, the first step that we all need to, to take, it's that, you know, that position yeah. of ourselves, you know, of like believing and just accepting that we all have that responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all have that calling, not just Americans, but as human, as Christians, we all have that calling and that responsibility. Yeah. And then after that, you just ask God, hey God, what, what's up? Where you want me to, to be? Yeah, that's great. Um, I think growing up, I've always thought the same thing, like missionaries are just, it's a Western thing, Mm -hmm. like being a missionary is a Western thing, until I went to school in South Africa, and a lot of the students, I was in a Christian school, so a lot of the students there were Christian, and a lot of them wanted to go do missions, and I'm like, that's so weird, why do you want to do missions? Mm -hmm. And it was the understanding that it's not just about the people up there or the people in the West or anything like that. It's about me understanding that what I'm going to do is going to impact somebody's life. Mm. And it doesn't matter where I'm from. Yeah. It just matters who I'm for. I don't know if that makes sense. It's, I am for Christ and I want to yeah. enhance his kingdom. So why don't I want to go there? Yeah. So that's what changed my perspective. And understanding now that you could go on missions and all that is like okay that's yeah. mind-blowing you know mm. and you and then i came back home and it's like there's nothing that is the one thing i know well currently at our church there's nothing in place 
to to allow us to take missionaries yeah. out yes. there. And I think it's just bringing it forth as an yeah. idea. That's great. And just, oh, hey, I would really love to do this. Is mm. it possible to make it happen? Yeah. And because I think also the older generation, which is now the current leaders, have this idea because the missionaries came just before them. Mm. And to them, missionaries come to them. They don't send out missionaries. Mm. And they're used to missionaries coming. So it's just bringing a new perspective and saying, hey, look, we yeah. can send our people to go do something. Yeah. And I think, yeah. yeah. And no. imagine, for example, Kina Mortman saying you to Mozambique, you know? You <laughs> <laughs> just got very wise. I think, Shiyama, you, you did touch on the main point that I was going to say, was that it just takes people saying why not me yeah. and then mm. approaching leadership to say can we try and make mm. this happen because yeah. you know i think from a missionary's perspective sometimes it is hard because like you you have all these ideas in your head of like oh i'd love to see this happen and you know i'd love to see people being sent yeah. but i think it takes people within their local context so local Batswana saying we want to see this happen yes. right yeah. Because at the end of the day, I can't create a missions program. I can help. I can give advice. I can say this is how we do it. But it's going to take Batswana that are saying, willing to say, you know, we're willing to give, first of all, to fund this because it takes money. We're willing to find people who are willing to go. We're willing to organize it. We're willing to make sure that they get their visa stuff. Yeah. Um, we're willing to create the structures that can sustain this. Um, and it does take work. but. Honestly, this is the mission we've been given, right? Yeah. Um, and so we have to, as the church, yeah. believe yeah. that this is something we need to implement, uh, yeah. even if it costs us, even if it's hard, even if it you know, flops on its face a few times <laughs> or whatever. You know, um, I think all of us have to engage in it in some way. But yeah. awesome. Well, guys, we've talked a lot. Yeah. I think uh, if you're still listening to this, hopefully <laughs> you, got, you got some good stuff out of it. But um, we love you guys. We love you, Kingdom Movement family, and we will catch you next time. Yes, yeah. bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is just a brief reminder that if you've had a question come up from this discussion or you just have a question in general that you want to ask us on the podcast, uh, now is the time to do it. We want to make sure that we get these questions in for the end of the season Q&R, uh, and we cannot wait to hear your guys' questions, to read them, and to be able to respond. But we can't do that unless you send them to us. So make sure if you're a part of Kingdom Movement already, you can personally message us your question, or you can send them via our Instagram, and we will make sure to read those, and hopefully we will answer your question on the season finale question and answer, uh, question and response episode. All right, thanks guys.